0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm super excited. I have a word today uh, that I feel like uh, it means something to me. Uh, this this scripture that I'm going to share out of today. This I have I have history with this scripture. You should have history with the Bible. Yes. There should be some things in the Bible that are yours. In terms of like, I was in a season and I was fighting and God gave me this and I laid hold of it and it became an anchor for my entire season. You should have these scriptures, you should have these things in your life that you get to fall back on. And I'm gonna share out of Isaiah 54 today and, and before they put it on screen, I, 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 found, this, I found this chapter, Um, particularly the first five verses of of Isaiah chapter 54, during a season of, it, it talks about a barren woman, and I'll just call the season that I was going through a barren season, where I was literally desiring something, but there were things in me that were keeping me from walking into the breakthrough and the blessing that God had for me. Sometimes we need to understand that it's not God's fault and it's not the enemy, it's just us, which is not a realization that we like to come to very often. It's like, well, it's got to be something else, because I am fine. I am the variable in this situation that never changes, and that's not true. And so Isaiah 54 became one of these things in this season of life where I was just in this place of hopelessness. Uh, I was, this was in, back in 2016 where I just, I, I, I found myself not, I found myself understanding that I hadn't even put the vehicle in drive, so to speak, to begin the journey of finding out what my true identity in Jesus was. It was built on so many false things, and as things started being lifted off of my life, I realized that I had not even begun the process of knowing who Cody was outside of a title of pastor. I was not okay with the father just introducing me as his son. I had to have an introduction that had a pastor in front of my name. I just... I started understanding as some things were lifted off of my life of how insecure and undeveloped in this way I really was. And so this scripture, this whole scripture, just became alive and I feel like, I feel like there are some people in the room that are in a season similar to this where you feel like there is no hope for your situation or you feel like maybe uh, you you, you constantly are faced with defeat and failure you're after something you're looking you're looking to Jesus for something and it's not happening but it seems to be happening for everyone else that's the worst isn't it how many of y'all secretly just curse them under your breath don't raise your hand it's totally fine (laughs) that was a trick question somebody was fixing to tell themselves I would have told on myself uh but we, we get in the season, I feel like there's, there's some people in the room that may be in the season or you're, you're actually on the cusp of coming out of a season. And I feel like the Lord is saying this, I believe that God is calling you out of your season of barrenness. He is calling you out and into a season of extreme favor. And so I just want to share out of Isaiah chapter four, uh, 54, I'm going to share four things Four things that I believe the Holy Spirit showed me from this chapter that, that literally started to slowly change everything when I was in this season. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about what we're going to get to share. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's go ahead and read Isaiah 54. You're going to put it up. This is a New King James Version. Uh, you can read this in your Bible. Once again, I'm encouraging you every week. Like, make sure you bring your Bible to church. It's such a big deal. You've got to get familiar with it. kind of hard to go to war without a sword. And the word is the sword. So it says this. Sing, O oh barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with a child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the, mar- of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse two, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for ye shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And I will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Verse 5, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and the Redeemer. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth for your maker is your husband the Lord of hosts is his name I love that part I'm going to pray and then we're going to unpack some of this father I just thank you for uh, for your word I thank you for for what your word means and I thank you that your word is life and your word is breathing and it's alive and I thank you that it is it is so needed in the middle of a chaotic world that wants to tell us uh, to operate based on how we feel Father, if our feelings don't match what your word says, God, I pray that you would just completely change our heart and our mind. And we just take every thought captive in this moment. If the thoughts that we're having don't line up with your word, we just, we, we dismiss them. And I think you that you would teach us to speak your word in these moments. I thank you for Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to reveal your scripture, to reveal your heart to us through scripture. And uh, we just bless you. We say thank you. Thank you for loving us enough to give us an instruction book like the Bible that would help us in our life in the middle of craziness. And so we just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This set of verses that we just read, this is actually, uh, this is God's plan to restore uh, his barren people, his, his people like a barren woman, to actually uh, have them walk in the promises of God. And in this word barren, it means to be incapable of producing fruit. Or, or Incapable in terms of this woman, incapable of being able to produce offspring. When you think about soil, uh, it, it would be a soil that is a barren soil, be a soil that doesn't have all of the right ingredients within it to actually let fruit grow. The pH levels wrong. It's hard. It's full of weeds. How I many you know weeds look good when they're mowed, along with the rest of the grass? But they're still in there. It's the strangest thing. I guess if you just keep them mowed, it doesn't matter. But it takes, like, this barren thought of soil, it just, it's speaking to a soil that is not, it's not right and it's not ready to actually produce fruit. And when it comes to Scripture, soil is is representative of the heart, right? Our heart, he talks about how the sower sows the word. And, and, this, and, and the seed is the word of God, and some of that word fell on multiple types of ground. He's talking about our hearts. He's talking about soil. And you and I, if you didn't know this, but we are designed to produce fruit. Yes. It's what you should, should be doing. It says that they'll know us by what? They'll know us by our fruit. And fruit is Jesus. We should look, taste, and smell like Jesus. Right, We should wake up in the morning and put the fruit of Jesus on, invite the fruit of Jesus to come on to our life. So he's speaking about barrenness. Barrenness. Our life should look so much like Jesus. By our fruit, they'll know us. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it says this, I am the vine. You don't have this scripture, but it's okay. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So this barren woman, she didn't have the ability within herself to reproduce. But through the Lord, she was set up to produce even more than the woman that could do it naturally. I love that about this scripture. And so I wanna point out these four things. The first thing that I believe that we have to figure out how to do in the middle of these seasons of barrenness, we have to figure out how to worship in the middle of seasons like this. In the middle of everything looking like doom and gloom, he literally says to the woman, sing. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with a child. It seems so insensitive. It seems so wrong. Lord, don't you see the condition of this woman? Don't you know that she just needs to be coddled a tiny bit? He says, I actually just need you to open your mouth and release and proclaim my goodness through song. Worship is this giant, giant weapon and this giant, tool. when I choose to worship in the middle of one of these seasons where it seems like nothing good is happening in my life, where it seems like everywhere I turn it's nothing but hopeless, when I choose to worship in those seasons, I'm actually inviting God's presence to come and invade my season too. Well, in the middle of God's presence, there is fullness of joy, am I right? And in the middle of the presence of God, there is liberty and there is freedom, am I right? And so he's literally inviting this woman I know that you feel like you have nothing because this is the thing that you desire. And I'm asking you in this season will you open your mouth and proclaim my goodness in song so that I can do something supernatural on your behalf? See, this is one of, the, one of the biggest things about worship is worship literally, it starts priming the pump, so to speak. It starts priming the atmosphere for supernatural things of the kingdom of God to actually start working in yours and my life. I love this about worship. Worship literally makes my eyes shift off of what I don't have and what I'm not producing and on to what he, who he is and what he can do. It's constantly changing my perspective When I sing songs uh, and I need healing, when I sing lyrics like, I believe you're a wonder-working God, just like what we just sing in this moment, I am reminding myself in the season, I serve a God that is bigger than anything that I can sense, feel, or even uh, experience in my life. And, and he is literally the standard that I live by. So when I'm in these seasons, I have to have a song come out of me that literally reminds everything of who my God is. This is what worship is. We are designed, and we have been called I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but we have been designed and called to, to be a church that operates in the supernatural. Amen. Multiple prophets have prophesied specifically over Renew new life church that includes you, that we are a church that is set up to operate in supernatural ministry, that is miracle signs, wonders, healing all of those things. It's just who we are. And that's one of the reasons in which we, we settle on worship for as long as we do every single Sunday. One, he's worthy of everything that we have. Yes. And we believe that he is, if it's an hour, he's worthy of an hour. That we just want to do our best to honor him and give him what he is due. But also, worship does something for you if you let it. Worship actually will change and shift the conditions of even your own heart so that you're set up to actually believe and walk into something that is supernatural that's in the room. If there is freedom in the room, if there is freedom in this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If there is freedom like that, worship should be conditioning your heart, doing some plowing for you to experience the supernatural power of God, but then also receive the Word once it's deposited. Yes. Worship is such a huge thing. Think about Paul and Silas. When they get thrown into prison, here they are, they're beaten, they're naked, and they're in a bad situation. This does not sound fun. And so they're in this place, but what do they do? They start singing and they start praying. They start singing hymns to God. And all of a sudden, we know this story, but all of a sudden, the jail begins to shake like there's a violent earthquake and the, and the prison doors are opened. And there's this moment where supernatural things just start happening. Worship always primes the pump for supernatural workings of God and we have to have this in the middle of these seasons of not knowing what is actually going to happen in this middle of seasons of like barrenness and just feeling terrible notice what he says to this woman at the end of verse 1 he says more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman Worship activates God in such a way that you move out of what you're incapable of and move into this place of being capable to do something because now the God of the universe is engaged in your situation. Abiding in him and he abiding in you will cause you to bear so much fruit. And one of the ways in which you can abide is just by posturing your heart in worship under the one who is worthy. Amen such a huge huge weapon in the middle of seasons we got to find ourselves immersed in worship do i really have nine minutes sorry i was thinking out loud is that really real bless the lord all my soul and all that is within me all right let's move on real fast it was for you moms we spent all that time on you moms it's you're worth it you're so worth it I love it, it's okay. The second thing is this. He said enlarge the place of your tent. This means to grow yourself. Enlarge the place of your tent and grow yourself. What would it look like to enlarge the side of your tent? If you were, if you were spreading out a tent, if you, gonna, if you were gonna pitch a tent on a camping trip, what do you do? You start looking for sticks and you start looking for twigs and rocks, because it would be terrible if you didn't do that and you pitched your tent and all of a sudden you've got a rock on this left hip and a rock on this right shoulder and you can't sleep. Let me just tell you something. I'm speaking from experience. Don't do that. Like there's this process of you have to prepare the site. Start digging things out of this area where he's saying enlarge yourself. I went through this process in my season of just feeling barren and feeling like I was hopeless and not having anything. I went through this process of finding the boulders and finding the weeds and pulling them out. That's good. We have to do this because whatever we don't deal with now, we will deal with later. What's that scripture when he talks about um, how when an evil spirit is driven out of a person? I just went straight witchcraft, I know. Uh, when, uh, he says when it's driven out, it goes and looks for another place to dwell and it doesn't find one. So it returns to the place that it, was, that it came from and it finds it clean, swept and put in order, but it finds it empty. Like there was something that happened in this person's life that they didn't, they didn't pull out the sticks and they didn't pull out the weeds. They didn't uproot the rocks. So that they could enlarge the place of their tent. They didn't grow themselves in a way, so when the Spirit came, it found it empty. And then it returned with seven more worse than itself. And the second state of the man was worse than the first. Don't despise the season of growing you. I remember what it was like to actually, uh, I don't even know what that says, so I'm sorry. 13 minutes, minutes, the Lord is so good. I love it. Um, So, y'all are just like, what is happening right now? You just (laughs) preach. I remember what it was like in these seasons of figuring out what these rocks and these weeds represent. And to me, they represented insecurities and they represented, they represented prides. And I just told the Lord, like, if there's anything in me that is not kingdom, yeah. I don't want it in there. And so I just went really intentional on shining the light in the darkest crevices of my heart so that he would expose and I give him access to expose everything that was producing an unhealth in my life. And he would have me do things in the season of, of growing myself, like apologize to people that I didn't want to apologize to. That's never fun, but it's necessary. And he reminded me of this guy named Bob Paredes that I worked for when I was 16 for one day. And I think I've told this story, but uh, he was a tile layer, an incredible guy. And I worked for him one day and I had to do this, this grunt work. And, and I didn't think I was, I, th- I thought I was worth more than grunt work. You ever been there? 16 and prideful. <laughs> yeah, we laughed because we're like, yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is beneath me. I'm not doing this. So the second day, I just didn't show up. Never called the guy, didn't show up. It was arrogant. It was prideful. Fast forward to this season in 2016. I remember this guy. I remember his face. I remember his name. And the Lord starts speaking to me about what I did to him and the way in which I treated him underneath my breath and the thoughts that I had about him that no one else knew that I had. And I knew what the Lord was telling me to do, and I said, if I ever see him in public, I'll apologize to him face to face. Be careful. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, just be ready. I was refinishing a table for my wife, and I'd go to Lowe's two days after this encounter with the Lord. I walk around the corner of the paint aisle to go get some stripper, and I almost bump chests with Bob Perez. Lord's like, what are you going to do now? So I just I was like, hey, you don't know me, you probably don't remember me. This is my name, this is who I am, this is what happened, I worked for you one day. And my thoughts about you were not healthy. And my thoughts about what you did were but ben- I had thoughts that you were beneath me. And it was arrogant, it was prideful, and I'm asking you to to forgive me of that. He's like, I don't remember you at all. But yeah, I forgive you. Like, I just went through this process. The Lord had me go through this process of being intentional about shining light in and, and these places where things were hiding that they didn't need to be hiding because he didn't want them to come back into my life. I was expanding and enlarging my tent, enlarging myself, so that I was being set up to actually walk in the fullness of the breakthrough when it came. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Third thing is this. Y'all tracking with me? Yeah. Awesome. Third thing is this. Get a word from the Lord. In your middle of these seasons of barrenness, get a word from the Lord about your season. This is my word about my season. Isaiah 54 was such a huge part of my my walk in the season. If you notice, the first things that that the scripture does for this woman is he gives her instruction. He says, sing, O barren one. And he says, enlarge the place of your tent. He is instructing her on what she should do. But notice what happens after that. There's this prophetic word that is released from the Lord about her future. And he said, For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. He's prophesying what's about to happen. Yeah. And make the desolate cities inhabited. He says, Do not fear, for you not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood any longer, for your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Redeemer, and He and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, he is called the God of the whole earth. Yes. Through the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, God prophesies to this woman that can't get pregnant and is not pregnant, that her descendants are gonna be many and they're gonna inhabit the desolate cities. If you even go further into Isaiah 54 and verse 13, it says this, God says, all your children, once again, still speaking to a woman that has none and is not pregnant, all your children will be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Yeah. Prophetic words and prophetic insights are giant in the middle of these kinds of seasons where you get to lay hold of something that God is saying. They are telling you of the plans that God has for your life, and they are not plans of destruction. We know this in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11. They are plans of hope, they are plans of future. Oftentimes these prophetic words are so big that they don't make sense. I would imagine to this woman like, you, you see my condition, you see what I want, you've actually even said that there's another one that's popping them out like crazy, and I don't have any. He didn't actually say that my emphasis why are you telling me that my descendants are going to be that many why are you saying these things that is too big for me to even believe that doesn't make sense and you've probably heard this but so much of the kingdom is not designed to make sense it's designed to make faith can I lay hold of what God is saying and steward and believe from my life that there is something so much bigger than anything that I can see or even experience out here? Immediately also, you have to find, you have to find Scripture for your season. You have to have these things in your back pocket that are your go-to things that you're confessing out of your mouth. We talked. To, I prayed a while ago about taking thoughts captive. In these seasons, uh, there is no telling where your thoughts might go. And we learned a few weeks ago, there's no telling where your thoughts would go when you're driving down the road. Right. You just don't know what's gonna happen. Having scripture, when you have a thought in the middle of these seasons, having scripture for your life, in season or out of season, it doesn't really matter, when you have a thought that doesn't line up with the word, you have to change that thought by saying something out of your mouth that changes the atmosphere around you. You have to have a word of the Lord for yourself, both written and both spoken, but mostly for sure, mostly for sure written. I was just this morning, I, I, I was re- re- rereading words like I'd mentioned, and there's this one word in particular, and I just get to this place where I'm just, I'm, I'm reading and declaring and praying over these things that God has spoken. I remember I felt this, it was on a Sunday, wasn't in this building, it was in the theater. I had preached the message, and it was one of those things where I just felt like I bombed the whole thing. And if I could just be real honest and be real vulnerable, the life of a communicator, when your feet get off of those steps, that is your thought. That was a bomb. That was terrible. What did I just do? Everyone's going to hell because I just sent them there. That's how you feel in a lot of ways. Thank God Jesus is alive, right? And I came off the stage one Sunday and I had these thoughts and I said, Lord, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? And he said, I won't let you fail. These are things that I just lay hold of. Like They don't have to be these giant, long, like super full of like creativity and these layers of, of God in these words. He says, I won't let you fail, all of heaven is celebrating you. Oh. And I just lay hold of that. I read that over myself. All of the time. When I'm preparing, I'll read things like that over myself. When I'm in a season where I feel like I'm failing, all of heaven is celebrating you. I'm so proud of you. I won't let you fail. All of heaven is celebrating. I won't let you fail. I'm so proud of you. You have to have these things in your life that you're reciting over yourself to change the thoughts about you. Amen? Amen. We cannot afford to think thoughts about ourselves that God is not thinking about us. We just can't. Let's move on to the last one. The last thing is this. Uh, in the middle of these seasons and when you feel like everything is is crashing, just do it by faith. Literally, he says sing. Sing by faith. I don't want to sing. I know. You're in a bad spot. Sing by faith. I don't want to declare those words. I've been waiting on my healing for 15 years. I don't want to say that you're too good to not believe. I hadn't seen it yet. Do it by faith. His word never changes, and his character, it never changes. Why you don't have your healing, I don't know. But I do know this, that he is good, and he is good all the time, and there is no questions, and there's no other argument to be had. True. It just is what it is. Do it by faith. I don't want to do it by faith. I don't want to do it at all. We have to get into this place where we realize that we aren't made to just throw in the towel. Right. True. It's not who you're designed to be. When seasons get hard and when life gets really, really tough, you are not designed to throw in the towel. And if you have, just pick the towel up and put it back on your shoulder and start getting back in the game. It's real simple. It's the beautiful thing about the Lord. Notice the way that he tells the woman. He says, build on to your house before you're even pregnant. Tell me that's not faith. Most of us are like, well, I don't know the gender of the baby yet. So I, I don't know what color to paint the walls. I don't know what color the nursery needs to be. I can't add on to something if I don't even know the gender. The, the colors aren't gonna match, Lord. We have to do these things by faith. We have to enlarge our tent. We have to add on, she said, he's saying add on to your house before you even know that you're pregnant. This, this is a giant move of faith. We have to figure out a way to start preparing in faith for what we're believing to happen in the natural. We have to. Be steps ahead in faith for what you're believing for in the natural. You have to figure out a way to just live by faith. Build on by faith. Worship by faith. Trust the words that have been spoken over you and trust the words that are in his word by faith. I don't see them, but I'm still proclaiming them. You have to. There's, it's just one of those non-negotiables. If you desire life and life abundantly, you have to live by faith. And I feel like these, I'm gonna wrap my time up, these are the ways in which the Holy Spirit spoke to me and pulled me out of a season where I thought I was washed up and never gonna get used for anything of His glory at all ever again. And so I'm just giving you my weapons, so to speak. The things that the Lord showed me Implement them in your life, and I just believe that God's gonna start doing something radical for you. If you're in one of these seasons, don't give up. If you feel like you've been in one of these seasons, if you know someone in one of these seasons, come alongside them, encourage them. You've been there. If you've been there, start celebrating people. Start answering the questions of, if you're in one of these seasons, one of the things that I started asking was, Lord, why do I, will you help me answer my whys? My whys were things like, Why can I not celebrate someone else in this season? Why can I not celebrate someone else's victory when I'm needing victory in my own season? I started asking myself why, and it started revealing so many things that the Lord just wanted to move out of my life so that he could move something into my life. Amen? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.